Hello and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I am Stella and we are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. Um, <laughs> I have been struggling all week long with a unicorn horn that is growing between my eyes. Um, it's really interesting because, you know, being a, a woman of 50, soon to be 51 at the end of the month, um, I'm still getting zits, which is extra stupid. Um, and I get it, hormones, all the things. Um, fortunately, I have not had a lot of challenges with my skin, um, kind of my whole life. But, uh, you know, every once in a while, I am reminded that my body is still doing hormone things. Um, my girlfriend was like, it's weird to get zits and wrinkles at the same time. That should not be allowed. And I agree. So I wanted to get started with the podcast because I have been, again, processing this topic all week long. And it's interesting because it continues to kind of come up and be a thing. And so I wanted to talk about this idea of feeling not good enough and also doing too much. And so there are two extremes of a a similar situation. Oftentimes, just depending on how we were raised or certainly our codependency, there is this idea of not feeling like enough, uh, not just good enough, but just like not like enough. And, uh, I was processing as I do with the people around me and, um, you know, really looking at the, the humans that I have the privilege of spending time with, uh, both personally and professionally. And a lot of times they are really good at, um, you know, getting things done. And I think I've shared with you guys before, um, you know, my journey of, you know, kind of being a single mom and then being married and all the things. And um, it's interesting, right? Because, because I didn't feel good enough or because I felt kind of behind the eight ball and uh, not all the things worthy and blah, blah, blah. It, it pushed me into this kind of overdrive to do a lot of things uh, specific to, you know, kind of getting my degrees and, um, you know, being really good at my job and all the things like I, I do a lot. And I have talked about in the past, like about being a doer. Um, and I continue to kind of push a lot. It's just what I do. And, um, part of that is that it's the not feeling, not feeling good enough, not feeling like I am enough. And, um, it's definitely something that, I have struggled with in the past. Um, I don't struggle with it as much all the time now, but it just comes up in moments. And what I know to be true is a lot of times people feel like they are not good enough and that they are too much, uh, you know, kind of at the same time. Not just the doing, right? But when we talk about codependency and we talk about this idea of um, doing things to love people Uh, and to get that acceptance, validation, and love, we kind of go over, right? We do too much, more than probably we're asked to do. And so kind of related to that, am I the problem? When it's other people's problems, we want to solve it. We want to fix it. We do too much. And so if we're not asked to kind of support in that way, a lot of times we look like the, the rescuer or the savior or you know, the person who is always there and we do too much. We do more than what our uh, threshold or capacity can withstand. Uh, And so when I was talking with uh, my accountability buddy about this, we were talking about this idea of what motivates 
that for us. And, you know, part of it is just not feeling like you're enough. Part of it feels like, you know, uh, not feeling worthy, not feeling deserving. We've talked about those in the past. Um, but when you have those moments, um, I'm not good enough. And for me, it comes in moments. It doesn't like linger the way that it used to. Um, but yeah, I have filled it with doing more things. Um, and a few years ago, it's been several now, I had applied for a PhD. And it was like, I had just finished, um, well, it was about 10 years. So I get, I got degrees in 10 year increments. And that's not a flex. It's just kind of a thing that happens. I got my um, undergraduate degree when I was 29, wanted to get it before I was 30. Um, my daughter was, I think, nine at the time. So I had her when I was 20. Um, and so then I got my master's degree when I was 49, no, 39. Um, so 29, 39. And so I was like, cool, at 49, I want to get a PhD. Um, and I didn't get into the program. And I felt all kinds of things about that, but mostly just kind of grateful. Um, and so at the time, my accountability buddy said, what I know to be true about you, Stella, is that you will put your head in a book and <clears throat> learn all kinds of things. Uh, but maybe this is the opportunity to learn about you. And so it was before I had to go on my trip and done all the things. And so she was right. Um, as she often is, it gave me the opportunity to kind of work on healing myself rather than putting my head in a book and learning things and getting another degree. Um, and degrees don't mean anything other than you can process and regurgitate information effectively. Um, it is not the only sign of anything other than that's, that's something you can do. Um, it's interesting because I think sometimes when we don't feel like we are enough, or that we aren't doing enough, we tend to uh, pick projects. And I've talked about that before, is oftentimes when we have grown up with those feelings of uh, not really helpful attachment or not feeling worthy or not feeling deserving, we want to do all the things to feel it externally. And so whatever that looks like, getting that validation, acceptance, and love from other people, we do a lot and probably too much, but it comes from that place of not feeling like we're enough. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times we live in that space of not feeling good enough or not feeling like we are enough and then also doing too much. And I was thinking about, because I use plant analogies often, um, plants need a sweet spot. And so depending on the plant, um, sometimes they need to be you know, super hydrated, or sometimes they need to get dry and then get hydrated. But there is that sweet spot in the middle of really kind of getting to that place of growth. And so back to this idea of like my accountability buddy, I had gotten to Greece, I was very tired, I was very kind of shaken off. I was like, what the fuck did I do? I exploded my whole life. Um, and she said, you got to sit down. You don't have to do more. And I, I was constantly like trying to be, be productive in my brain of like all the things I needed to do. And she was like, sit down, relax. You know, you have done everything you needed to do to get to this place. Enjoy it. Um, and for me, I will climb to the top of the mountain um, and I really do enjoy the middle. I enjoy doing the work and all the stuff. Uh, but when I get to the end, it's really hard for me to just sit down just to enjoy it. Uh, because I feel like once I have that momentum, I just have to keep going and going and going. 
Um, and I think we all feel like that, but back to this idea of projects, like in my relationships in the past and certainly in my parenting and, and all the things, um, I have to do too much. I have to do it to the best of my ability. Uh, and I push other people, <laughs> or I have in the past, pushed other people to like do their potential and, and for them to do too much. And it's not helpful. Um, you know, we've talked about this idea of like loving potential and picking partners and people as projects. I have talked with clients specific in, you know, in codependency, where if we look as, at a human being as, um, you know, a fixer upper, like that's not helpful. It's not helpful to us because then we end up doing a lot of things and, and we also end up pushing people to be a better version of themselves, which is not helpful. Um, when I have talked about the idea of like falling in love with potential, this person can be so great in all these ways. What we are doing is we are not looking at red flags and we are then pushing them to be better. And we end up doing a lot of the work, which is not helpful to us. And so as I was talking to my accountability buddy, we were talking about this idea of really just looking at the hundred percent that we can bring to anything, including our personal life, our work, our own personal growth, um, anything that we do. And so oftentimes, because we feel like we are not enough, we are doing more, right? We are actually putting out 110%. Oftentimes people are like, push yourself to this maximum capacity. That's not how math works, let alone how life works. And so we end up doing more. We end up feeling exhausted. And in that exhaustion, we build that resentment. So we think about, you know, doing all these extra things for our kids or all these extra things for our partner, all these extra things for our employer. And we end up being tired. We end up, you know, maxing out what we have the thresholds to actually put into a situation. And so when I have talked with clients in the past of like, where is the room for you? Where are you putting all of your energy or time? A lot of times from a codependency perspective, we have gone in and done extra. We have done more. We have actually given more than we have the threshold for, and then we end up tired. We end up minimizing ourselves. We end up getting in the box. We end up not showing our full authentic selves in our relationships because we are doing so much. And we end up tired, exhausted, frustrated, losing that whole person that we, you know, have the potential to be for ourselves because we are putting it into these other people or these other situations and actually losing and diminishing our own capacity. We are actually, you know, overwhelming ourselves with all the things. And what I do also know to be true is when we do that, oftentimes it's because I don't want to sit in my own brain. I don't want to have to hear all the ways that I am terrible because that is what we've cultivated when we feel like we are not enough. When we feel less than compared to anybody else, we are already struggling at a diminished capacity. And when we cannot be kind to ourselves, when we cannot be loving to ourselves, when we cannot sit down and just relax or rest, we are minimizing our own potential while elevating and giving people this extra credit that they may not deserve. Um, you know, I think about that often and I've talked about it in the past, like in relationships for me, I will do all the things. I will do so much extra and that's the too much, right? I will 
stay late. I will, you know, do all the house stuff. I will, you know, uh, sure, I will show up and I will make the cupcakes and I will do the things. Um, because for me, I feel like I'm not doing enough. Because when I really sit in my own brain, this was prior to now, I have felt like I am not enough. I felt like I am not worthy. I have felt like I still have to prove my worth to everyone and myself. And so I will do all the extra things. And I was tired. I was exhausted. I was resentful. I was angry. And I've talked about the, you know, in the past, like I was always mad just generally because I was tired and because I did not allow myself to feel worthy and deserving. I would only allow myself to feel less than around all in all aspects of life. And as I change that, and so certainly as I teach clients, where's the room for you? Like, where do you get to show up in your life? Then they start to feel better. They start to feel worthy. They start to feel deserving. They start to feel like I am enough and I deserve to be seen, accepted, validated, and loved just for who I am and not what I do. It is uncomfortable. Because for those of us who have pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and avoided sitting in our own brain and healing it from a really healthy, loving place of seeing all of your parts at the same time, it feels very frenetic, right? And it, that's what feels normal is that, that frenetic kind of crazy making energy of doing, doing, doing and not being, right? Now, I have said multiple times on the podcast, I am a doer. So if I set my brain to something, I will do it. And I will do the shit out of it like every day until I get to the top of the mountain. So back to this idea, I'm sitting in Athens. I am emotional. I am tired. I don't know what to do with all of this time in just my own brain. And it was very challenging to just sit still. And as I did, as I learned to, with love, grace, and compassion for myself, just sit still, then I was able to get really quiet and go to those places within myself to write the book, specific to codependency, but also to recognize how to love myself and heal my own brain and heal my own heart in that quiet. Now, I've talked in the past about how when things are going well and things seem to settle and you know, you're managing your boundaries and you're doing really well with your relationships, you're using your communication skills, that place can feel really uncomfortable. It can create actually a lot of anxiety. And so then we start to look for projects or we start to look for problems. And it's not un <laughs> it's not it's not unhealthy. It's just something to be aware of. When we start to look for projects, when things get quiet, when our nervous system has been used to trauma or chaos or whatever, a lot of times people will stir up trauma or chaos or drama because we don't know how to sit still in our own brain. We don't know how to sit still in the quiet. We don't know how to sit still in what is, what is actually good because we are so used to that system of building, you know, adrenaline or building chaos or feeling like there's always going to be something and I don't know how to just sit still. I don't know how to be. So I'm sitting in Greece. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. 
my accountability buddy says, sit still. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I only know how to do. And she was like, well, then you need to work on being. And I don't, I didn't know how to do that. Like that just felt very strange to me. Um, so I sat in it. I sat with myself again with love, grace, and compassion, which I had gotten better at. I had been priming that for a while to really give myself um, some peace and give myself grace and not have to do. And it took, it took time. And as I did, I got better at it. And so in that sweet spot of feeling like you were enough and not like you have to do too much, not like you have to do extra things, just doing what you have the space for, I was able to sit still. Now, not everybody can take a whole seven months off and go off to Europe. That's not feasible for everyone. It is possible, but it's not feasible without some planning and all the things. Um, so what I encourage is that we find first from the awareness place, what is our threshold? What do I have the space and capacity to do? And am I allowing myself grace and patience and compassion um, because we give it to a lot of other people and we do it from that place of scarcity. We do that place from not enough, right? If I don't feel worthy in my own brain, I have to convince, work really hard to convince all these other people around me to love me for what I do. Because if they really saw me, they would see that I am a whole shit show, whatever. And I love that idea of seeing all of your parts at the same time. I say it often. Um, because it is really having grace and compassion for those messier bits of us. If I show up in my authentic self, it is not always super put together and looking fantastic. Sometimes it has a unicorn horn. <laughs> Sometimes it is, I am super emotional. I am, you know, frustrated. I am, I can be angry still. Um, and if I am not expressing those things with the people that I feel emotionally safe enough to do that with, I get in the box. I cut myself off. I start to diminish who I am and that does not feel safe or comfortable for me. And so sometimes in relationships, we have to recognize where am I cutting off parts of myself? Where am I filling my 100% capacity or threshold with taking care of or managing other people. Now, that said, oftentimes when we have littles, like it is our whole ass job to manage other people, <laughs> um, but, but in a way that is not doing too much, not doing over and above what we have the thresholds to do. And not everybody can be at 100% all the time. I have talked about how our mental health definitely influences what we have the threshold to do. I have said, you know, when I get tired, when I get hungry, when I'm dealing with other kinds of things, I don't always have the full capacity to be able to take care of myself and others. And so I'm going to need to ask for help. I'm going to need to say, I don't have it right now. I'm going to need to set a boundary and say, no, I cannot make the cupcakes. No, I cannot go to this function and or event. No, I cannot, you know, whatever. And we struggle with a no. We struggle with setting that boundary. We struggle with saying like, I would really, I, I need to take some time for me. Definitely have gotten bet. I have gotten better at it. 
Um, but I, I teach clients to increase that awareness of what do you have the threshold for? What are you doing more of and where is that coming from? If that is coming from a place of scarcity or I don't feel like I am enough or I don't feel like I can um, show up in a way that people are used to, that is a struggle. I have to tell somebody no. That's why I say pay attention to your yes budget. You are only allotted 24 hours in a day. You are only allotted 100%. And sometimes we start at a deficit. Sometimes if I am dealing with really hard things like grief, like anxiety, like work stress, like, you know, personal stress, you know, those are going to diminish your actual 100%. And if you're not paying attention to that, because I have to do more and more and more because I feel like I'm not enough, then you're only taking away from what you only what you already have. And a lot of times, then we're closing ranks. Then we are trying to protect ourselves. I can get real cutty when I don't have, or you know, I can get real defensive and cut people when I don't have the capacity or threshold to deal with things. When I am not feeling physically at my best, so if I am dealing with allergies or uh, you know, a cold or uh, whatever, I'm not at my best. And I don't have to be at my best all the time, but I do have to say that in words to people around me to be able to manage the relationships that I want to maintain. And if I don't feel safe doing that, that's something to pay attention to. If I don't feel safe emotionally in my relationship to say, I'm struggling right now and I don't need you to do anything, I just need you to be aware of that, then they're not going to come with me, come at me with more demands, right? I have said often, you know, my daughter and I have this great kind of dynamic and I have now shared it with my friends and, and we have that to say, do you have the space? If they don't have the space, then I don't have to take that personally. I just have to recognize they don't have the space right now, you know, um, and I don't have to then come and unburden on them uh, what I am going through. And sometimes I have to take care of myself and I am better at doing that with grace and compassion. I'm better at recognizing my awareness of how am I feeling in my body and how am I feeling emotionally to take care of myself. Now, for most of us who have grown up codependent, we take really good care of ourselves in theory. I'm me, I've got me, I've always taken care of me. And I do say that, you know, my friends will tell you that that is something I say. Um, but I also take care of me by asking for help. I also take care of me by recognizing who in my life can even just show up and support and sit next to me. They don't have to do anything. They could just be there but I do feel worthy of their help. I do feel like I am deserving of someone caring and supporting me, right? It is. It has taken a long time. It has taken at least 49 years to get to that place. And part of that was sitting alone in my brain, being kind to myself. Part of that is recognizing what I have the capacity or threshold to do and then also just allowing myself rest. Back to Greece. Um, I slept a lot while I was there, probably more than I have ever slept in my whole life, <laughs> um, because I just listened to my body. Um, it was nice to be able to be kind to myself and not beat myself up as I was writing the book. Um, and now I do it better. Um, 
but it, it took a while to get to that place. Not all of us have, you know, the, um, the privilege of sleeping all that much. Um, we are generally just pushing and pushing and pushing and doing more than we have the capacity for. What I also know to be true is that the universe then will uh, shut you down, like you'll get sick physically, um, or you will be challenged in ways that are that feel overwhelming, and, and then you'll just have to sit down, like you just don't have a choice. Um, I would prefer that we didn't have to get there, right? I would prefer that... Um, people will start to recognize what they have the ability to actually do. And it would be helpful if you can take a step back and recognize that you don't have to do too much. Are people asking for your help or are you just doing it? If you are coming from that place of resentment of like, well, if I don't do it, nobody will. Um, that's not, that's not actually true. And you can take a step back and recognize who is showing up when you are, at less than 100%. Who is willing to show up and just be you when you are not feeling at your best? Not judge you, not, you know, ask more of you, not come at you with like guilt and shame and all the things. Who is just seeing it? And if you're not seeing it, how are they going to see it? If they are used to you giving 110%, 120%, more than you have, you know, actually physically can do, and are not saying, hey, one, I appreciate you, two, sit down, three, how can I support you? Then maybe we need to reevaluate those relationships. And not that we have to cut anybody off, not that we have to go to the shed and napalm it, but maybe we have to have some better boundaries there. Maybe we have to communicate what our, you know, what our limits are. And maybe we have to take a step back and really see, like, are they able to manage things on their own? Are they able to take care of themselves and show up at whatever their threshold is? Um, and I'm talking about big people, obviously with littles, they don't really care about what our threshold is or what we can do. But when we can empower them, when we can teach them to put on their own shoes and, you know, ask for their needs and all the things, um, we can actually teach them how to manage their own threshold. We can actually teach them what their 100% looks like. And I do recognize that when I was coming from that place of not enough, I was pushing the people around me to kind of, you know, do stuff that maybe they didn't have the ability to do. And then I was building resentment when they didn't, which is not helpful. One last thing to pay attention to is, um, you know, that idea of that crisis mentality that, you know, everything needs to be in chaos and keep the momentum going. Uh, oftentimes, our adrenaline system has been activated because if we grew up in chaos, or if we grew up, in, grew up in trauma, or if we had those experiences, then we don't know how to just sit still and we don't know how to just be present. So, like I said, it'll kick off that need for you know, needing to create those adrenaline or chaos circumstances. Start to pay attention to how your body feels when things are calm. If you feel anxious or if you feel, um, you know, kind of on edge, um, that's something to pay attention to. That's something to not judge, but sit with compassion and patience and start to think about, what is this? Like, things are fine. 
and fact check through and then start to process like, how do I manage me rather than having to manage something else? If am I drumming up trauma or drama or chaos in other situations because I feel uncomfortable? Something to pay attention to. And I work with clients often in talking about that, like, are you creating the drama just to feel normal? Sometimes we do. And it comes from that place of not enough, right? I'm, I'm not doing enough. I'm not feeling enough. I'm not, everything needs to be crazy. Um, you know, oftentimes I have worked with first responders who, again, their adrenaline system is very much tied into their reward system. And, you know, we talk, we talk about um, adrenaline junkies, right? Adrenaline junkies are actually a thing, <laughs> but they have, you know, oftentimes grown up in situations or circumstances where they need to have that elevated level in order to feel the high of dopamine and serotonin. And we don't think about that if we are not a firefighter or, you know, a, a police officer or someone who does base jumping or cliff diving or whatever. But it is something to consider that if our you know, adrenaline system or our nervous system only functions when we are at that higher level, then we seek that out. And if we don't seek it out in those kinds of very extreme ways, we seek it out in other ways. And so start to pay attention to that. Start to pay attention to if things are calm and most of the things are managed, am I seeking that out? Am I creating the drama? Am I looking for things to kind of pop off so that I feel normal, so that I can get that reward system of dopamine and serotonin to feel good. And when it's normal, does that feel normal for me? Your normal is based on your experience. But if we don't feel like we are enough, then we do too much. If we are doing too much, then we are tired, then we are grumpy, then we are irritable. Something to pay attention to because those two things are maybe how we have learned to just experience life. When those two parameters, we don't have to go to the extremes and we are just in the regular, <laughs> um, how do we manage ourselves? And part of that is to pay attention to what we actually, with kindness and compassion to ourselves, have the ability to manage. It takes practice. It takes time. It is not going to be fixed. All of this is just to increase your awareness. And then Maybe we talk to other people. Maybe we talk to our accountability buddy. Do you see this pattern in, in me? Do you, how can I, how can we support each other in maybe managing that and just sitting in the quiet, sitting in that space? But first of all, we have to start to love ourselves a little bit better to recognize where it's coming from, not from a place of judgment, but from a place of compassion, from a place of understanding. And so that is your nugget. 30 minutes went by really quickly. Hopefully that made sense. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, it's lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. You, you can get a hold of me here on Instagram at luna underscore x2 underscore LLC. I'm going to end the video and then I'm going to end the podcast. If you want to reach out, if you have questions, reach out and talk to me and I will hopefully be able to direct you in the right place. Um, if you need coaching, if you need therapy, therapy for people in New Mexico only, coaching for anybody. I will talk to you soon. Take care. All right, we have ended the video. Um, that was a lot of information, and hopefully you will start to find that sweet spot of somewhere between, you know, being enough and doing just the right amount 
the right amount that you have the capacity for. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, Finland has kind of popped off recently. Sweden has been a thing. Thank you so much to everyone who's listening all over the place. I really do appreciate it. And um, I will talk to you next week. Take care.